What's up, fools? This is Nigel McGuinness. This is Nick and Matt Jackson. Hey, this is TJ Perkins. This is Mike Mondo. This is Ring of Honor's Adam Cole. This is the Info Red Titus. This is the king of old school, Steve Freno. The ROH Podcast. Or is it ROH Cast? At ROHWorld.com. Stay tuned, wankers. It's a blessing to be a part of the ROH Cast Force. Two, two. Two, two. Two, two. <laughs> Hello everyone, welcome to episode 69 of the ROH cast. My name's Harry, I'm the... We're going to have to redo this. We're done, that was the joke. Oh god. Oh, My name's Harry, I'm the web designer and co-owner of ROHworld.com and today, well, it's sort of a, a reunion here on ROH cast because all of the regular guests, hosts, are all here. Um, we have Stephen, who is the other co-owner and the editor of the website. Hello, everyone. He's also the um, podcast bandit, I believe. Is that correct? I don't, I don't think I really live up to that name anymore. I think I've changed, to be honest. But he's a changed but someone who does live up to his name is Podcast's Worst Nightmare. I had to earn that nickname, and I'm trying to make sure I live up to it. And you also have no first name there. <laughs> just the nickname. No, I, I legally changed my name to Podcast Worst Nightmare. And we also have the zombie podcaster, Des. I have returned at last. Um, we're here to review Final Battle 2012 Doomsday. And also, uh, we've got some news to talk about and questions and topics you sent in. And it's also the, the final show of 2012. Um, Woo! Yeah, this is it. As as we were saying before the show, we're recording this on the twentieth of December, two thousand twelve. And this is a this is the last show ever. The world is supposed to end tomorrow, so yeah, the world ends tomorrow. We wasted our time doing this on the last <laughs> day ever. It could possibly end in a few short hours for you guys. Maybe, yeah, yeah. So are people even going to get the chance to listen to this? Why why are we why are we sitting here right now? It's it, just is going to just be uncensored, uncontrolled. You know, no one's going to hear it. The world's about to end. So. This is how I well, celebrate the end of the world, is by talking about wrestling with you guys. Exactly. If by some chance oh. the world doesn't <laughs> we will be back the first week of 2013, or 2013, as you'd like to call it, <laughs> to uh, give out our year-end awards for the best matches, best wrestler, etc. for the year 2012. So, um, yeah, look forward to that next year. Don't look but forward also... to it, because it probably won't happen. But also at the end of this year, at the end of this show, we have a very special treat for the listeners. Is that correct, Harry? We do. We have a festive treat at the end of this show. As Christmas is next week, only a few days away. Ooh. Next week we are taking a Christmas break. It will be a Road Rage edition of the ROH cast. Feel free to listen to any of the old episodes as nine <laughs> to choose from, and just pretend it's a Road Rage. Just insert some clips of Kevin Kelly at the start, and there you go. You've got yourself a Road Rage. So, um. To make up for us taking a week off, we'll be playing a special Christmas song at the end of this week's show, so be sure to tune in for that. And don't it... skip to the end, because you'll miss what is sure to be an amazing show. Will it be as, festive as, that... Will it be as festive as that amazing street fight from Final Battle? Maybe. You'll have to tune I in to find so. out, because none of you have heard it. I'm the only one that knows what's in it. Yeah. Um, and I also should note, before we actually start this, that we now actually have a name for our fans. You know, WWE, they have their... WWE Universe. We don't need that. We don't need no universe. We have, thanks to Prince Nana, we now have the ROH Cast Force. 
believe it or not, I don't know if you listened to the show last week, we had Prince Nana on, and he said it was a pleasure to be a part of the RH cast force. So that is now our name for anyone who listens to this show. So by listening to this show, you are now a member of the RH cast force. So That I sounds think. like the next season of Power Rangers. <laughs> RH cast force. Um, I just hope there's no collusion between the RH cast force and the House of Truth or the Embassy. Don't like that collusion. Um, so... After all that rambling and stupid puns, we're now going to get to the Final Battle 2012 review. Um, the show took place this past Sunday, December 16th, 2012. Um, before we actually talk about the matches themselves, I just want to mention about the stream. Um, before the, the show started, I think it was a few days before, Ring of Honor did a press release saying that they had a new, a new partner, a new streaming partner or something, um, which I thought was a bit weird because... Um, I had no problems at all at Glory Barner. Was I the only one? It was perfect for me then. Glory Barner worked well for me too, but I guess they're always trying to look for new ways to improve and new ways to get better, so I didn't have a problem with it. I think, I think the good thing was that because it sort of uh, saved it as it was playing sort of thing, so you could, you know, yeah, at, at the intermission. It's like you know, the replay yeah. was available much quicker and you could skip back anywhere as if you're watching a YouTube video. You could go back yeah. and look at something. Yeah, but, the replay was up like instantly because the whole, as I say, as it was playing, mm. the, it was sort of recording itself. So basically at the end, you could have you could have gone and watched it all again if you wanted to. Yeah, it was really cool. My friend, I think, showed up about a half hour late. So uh, we rewound and started from the beginning. So I mean, yeah. it was a pretty yeah, good deal. Some good things to it. But for me, it was choppy the entire night. Did you have? Yeah, a I, I really? had the same. Yeah, it was so. I thought, I thought it might be just my computer, but my computer's not that bad, and I've just had my inter, uh, internet upgraded, so I was quite annoyed. Yeah, it was sort of. It, I mean, it wasn't unwatchable, but it was like every like five or six seconds, it would just sort of go a bit choppy. Yeah. Like, awesome, like a, it was almost like certain frames were missing from the. Yeah. Video. Like you, you get used to it, and you'd only notice it if you're like paying attention. You're why is it skipping all over the place? But yeah. It, it was very frustrating, and sometimes the quality dipped quite a lot for me, even though I've got a good PC, good internet. So there was still some issues, obviously, and hopefully they'll get ironed out. But at least it worked for the whole night, but it was disappointing that the quality wasn't great or wasn't consistent, rather. And then it did. I didn't get to watch it live. I was out of town, so I got to watch it Monday, the next night after it aired. Mm-hmm. And I was pleased with how quickly they got it up. And the quality of the stream, I'm, I, y'all, I was surprised when y'all said... That it wasn't that great live because on replay it was perfect. And it usually takes Ring of Honor in the past a few days to get their best stream up. And for, as far as I could tell, it was one of the first things they did was get their best stream up. And it worked perfectly for me. And I don't even have one of the best computers around. My computer is actually pretty crappy if I yeah, just Yeah, I know all about that. And with their new streaming, it worked perfectly on my computer when it... Other iPad reviews haven't worked in the past, and now their television show also works on my computer, and I used to have to use an iPad. So I was surprised to hear that it wasn't that good live. Hmm. I watched it. Uh, I watched it live, and it actually, I actually didn't have any problems whatsoever. So I think it. Uh, I don't know. I think it was kind of a. Uh, it depends, I guess, on on the person. But for me, it did. Uh, it worked really, really well. Yeah, a couple of people on the forum were saying that it was working fine for them and to change the quality, but changing the quality didn't really seem to work for me. Like even yeah, when I changed from high to low, it was exactly the same. So mm. I don't think that was sort of working. But uh, uh, One other sort of miscellaneous note sort of thing I want to bring up before we talk about the matches is the new commentator. I, th- I think we should place right now our apologies to Des. Des told us this weeks ago. Des told us this commentator was awful. And we were like, no, no, he, he, did, he did well at Bowling Point. He's going to be okay. But Des was right. 
Des knows what he's talking about. Do not he, bring this man back. He was terrible. He was, <laughs> Caleb, he was awful. Caleb, Caleb Kelly. Caleb <laughs> Kelly, yeah. Kevin Kelly's son. Um, now, the first thing I noticed about him is that he is extremely uncomfortable on camera. When he was like, any shots of him at ringside. He's he a get, radio guy. He was either that sort of glancing off to his side or just sort of staring at the camera cameras if he was looking into your soul or something it was <laughs> the creepiest stare you if you saw that man you would run staring at you like that in the street somewhere and then when he actually commentated on the match uh, yeah it was there's a couple of there's a couple of things he said as well which were just i think it was when um o'reilly hit the the drop kick off the apron and then he says something like, oh, he's imitating the American Wolf. It's like, no, he's not. He used to do that when he was in Future Shot. <laughs> that was just one just, of the random things. Speaking one cliche after another, which is one of my biggest pet peeves. You can you combine him and Kevin Kelly, and it's not a good combination. Because I've never liked Kevin Kelly, and I always thought that Nigel sort of offset him and sort of made you forget about him, but... That... Well, he's, he's supposed to be a colour guy rather than a commentator, and he just... I mean, a colour guy has to have some sort of personality, doesn't he? Like he Nigel... doesn't mean... Look, look what happened. Well, no, I mean, yeah, yeah. Nigel had that, but this yeah. guy just was just very bland. And... When, when Carino was on commentary, the guy oh, was Carino's silent. Brilliant. Yeah. The guy was, was silent because he had no sort of charisma or anything to sort of give comebacks, or he was just silent the entire time. And you know, I, uh... just insulted him the entire time, too. Which, do you think that might have like rattled him at all? Or do you think he kind of expected that to happen? I think he probably expected it, but he just didn't know how to come back from it because he did. He did seem very sort of. He almost felt a bit sorry for him because he was almost as if like, "Hey, don't don't sell this nasty stuff to me." <laughs> One thing I noticed uh, on another podcast we did a few weeks ago, and this was actually before he brought it up, so I'm thinking he listens to the to that other podcast. Is I said he sounds a lot like that guy from Family Guy who sells the wacky arm flailing inflatable tube men. Oh, he mentioned that, didn't he? <laughs> yeah, he mentioned that on the show. So I'm like, oh, crap, he heard it's, what I said. It's funny you say that because I was watching it with a friend and who said he looked like Peter Griffin from Family Guy. <laughs> with the glasses on, he kind of does. Well, he's from Rhode Island, isn't he? So it works. <laughs> but, I mean, at the start, Kevin Kelly said that the the supposed new colour commentator couldn't couldn't attend because of personal issues. Yeah, I, I didn't feel like showing up. I just couldn't be bothered. And I, I read, well, I read somewhere that the plan was to bring Adam Pearce in as the colour yeah. commentator. Huh. But for some reason, it, it broke down. And I was looking at Adam Pearce's Twitter, and he posted something a couple of days before the show saying something like, uh, I'd like to thank Joe Coffett Ring of Honor for keeping to his word or something, which was obviously, it must be sarcastic. So maybe they agreed some sort of deal and then they pulled out right at the, the last minute. Yeah, I think they uh, wanted I, to continue to do, they wanted to hire somebody in house. Yeah, I mean, I think Adam like, Pearce would have been brilliant for the role. Mm, but, that would have been good, wouldn't it? I think they've got to bring someone in. I don't think they can go with Kelly and this this Seltzer guy. Yeah, I believe they need to have a former wrestler or somebody who's been around the wrestling business for a long time to do color commentary. I, yeah. I wouldn't I wouldn't be surprised if they don't have Martini on, on commentary for a bit. Oh, just if, especially if he's not going to be doing anything as well. I mean, it doesn't look like he's going to be doing much. So they should put Prince Nana on color. Carino would be oh, good, be I think, to be honest. Yeah, if I'm he's sure, I'm sure he's not going to be wrestling for much longer. Yeah, when Carino retires, he should definitely go to commentary because he was he was brilliant. Yeah. So now we'll actually talk about the wrestling because the, oh. there was actually some on this show. There wasn't just that commentator guy. Uh, the show opened with I, I was surprised by this: Roderick Strong facing Michael Elgin, and uh, thanks to the Book of Truth, Roderick Strong picked up the win. 
and uh, I'm doing this from memory, and it was several days ago. From what I recall, he used the Book of Truth, and then he did the uh, suplex backbreaker to pick up the win on Elgin. Um, but after the match, he re- reinforced that he's quit the House of Truth, and he's done. He left, and then uh, Truth Martini started groveling to Elgin. Elgin just essentially gave him a buckle bomb in the corner, and that was it. So um, it sort of felt like, to me anyway, that after all these months of build that this did nothing. We're exactly where we were before this match. I completely agree. I don't see the point whatsoever of Roderick Strong picking up the win here. It does nothing for anybody. Michael Elgin has had a great 2012, and a win over Roderick Strong, his former stablemate, would really set him off on the right foot going into a singles career and a a big singles push that I expect him to get in 2013. And losing to Roderick Strong kind of just keeps him in the same place he already was and doesn't advance anybody past their current state. Mm. And it kind of annoyed me a little bit. This, I know this happens in wrestling all the time, but two months ago, Michael Logan could kick out package pile drivers, F5s, and all that stuff. But one shot from a, from a hardcover book puts him out for the count. <laughs> that has to be the heaviest book ever. Maybe it's a, maybe it was loaded. Maybe it's like the loaded Elway pad that yeah, Hero used to use. He doesn't know what's in that book. But I know it's in the book. Truth. <laughs> um, so apart from, I mean, Stephen and Des, do you agree with what me and John are saying about how the sort of booking was weird here? I kind of agree, but I think their plan is for this feud to last quite a while. But it's and... been going on. It's, it's... I know well, it's like... the first on the wrestle, though, isn't it? They're, they they want these guys to have a few more matches yet, mm. well, at least one or two. And I think having Algin go over in the first match probably would have just killed it stone dead. Really, I mean. I, I, I can definitely see where you're where you're coming from. I thought the match itself was was very good, and I think they yeah. left sort of enough open to sort of have a couple of other matches as well. They didn't sort of go you know completely uh, insane with it all. So it's left some uh, some scope for a couple of more matches. But um, yeah, I thought it was a very good opener, regardless of uh, the booking. And some yeah, of those the... back fists that Elgin threw just looked brutal. I thought. Mm. I think the entire year uh, I've been siding with Michael Elgin as my next pick to be Ring of Honor champion. And I would have really liked for this to sort of be Michael Elgin's big win over a Ring of Honor. I guess uh, I guess you could call him a Ring of Honor veteran and Roderick Strong to uh, move on to bigger and better things and eventually challenge for the world title and win it. But right now it looks like they're going in a totally different direction with Jay Lethal and, and that uh, convoluted storyline. So... I guess they need somewhere for Michael Elgin and Roderick Strong to fit in. So that's that's my guess for why uh, Strong beat him this time, and uh, they'll continue this thing for a while. Uh, up next, the unbeatable Jay Lethal. Surprise, surprise. He defeated Rhino with the uh, lethal injection. Um, during this match, we had Carino on commentary who said that um, Scum have hired Rhino as, as their mercenary. He's not an official member, is he? Is he just sort of like a, a henchman for the night or something? Yeah, I is think Randall's gimmick that he's a is Randall's gimmick that he's a whore and he just does anything for money. Essentially, Basically, yeah. yeah. <laughs> what does he spend it all on? He doesn't. I mean, obviously food because he's quite a big dude. But whore, whore, whore. <laughs> <laughs> um, so after the match, after Jay Lethal got his surprise victory, um, Scum did a uh, two-on-one beatdown of Carino and Jacobs on Lethal, and I'm probably remembering this wrong. But then all three they. Scum held up Lethal, and then Rhino gave him a devastating gore. But I feel like I'm missing something out. 
There was a really? promo. There yeah, was Steve Carino said that uh, he had dated Jay Lethal's mother. <laughs> that was and, uh, it, it, Steve Carino's awesome. That's that's basically what I took away from the segment. There was a back and forth promo between the two. You know, Lethal was still adamant he was going to fight the world champion tonight. Um, but essentially, they beat him up to try and prevent him from being able to interfere in the main event. That's that's essentially what happened there. Um, apart from you know the stuff after the match, what did you guys think of the match itself? Yeah. It happened. Yeah, yeah it, was, it was I one of those matches remember. that you, you're not going to go back and, you know, go, well, you might go back and watch it, but you're not going to go out of your way to go back and watch that match. I mean, it was it was it's okay. Like some, uh, road rage in a few weeks. <laughs> oh. it, it was okay, but was it just me who thought the end just came out of nowhere? I completely yes. agree. Like, it, yeah. They were just sort of trading blows and out of nowhere, lethal hits, lethal injection, that's it. It was just sort of it. It was one of a few matches from Final Battle. I thought the ending just kind of happened. Yeah, I thought that the tag team total match just randomly it seemed like it finished like halfway halfway through the match or something (laughs) that was kind of like a theme throughout the show it really felt like they wanted to end exactly three and a half hours in or something because they really it was was like completely opposite of last year's like last year's i was like yeah just wrestle for as long as you want have a seven hour seven hour (laughs) (laughs) main event went like seven hours it was crazy yeah i think so so yeah this match I honestly can't remember anything from this. You know, I was struggling to remember <laughs> what happened at the end. So, yeah, un- uneventful would probably sum that up. Um, then we get to the match that here on the RH cast, you know, all of us here at the RH cast force were very excited oh, for Ardy so Evans excited. taking on Prince Nana. And we had all these dreams of this hilarious comedy classic. But instead, we got an actually surprisingly decent match. Is anyone else sort of shocked and confused by this? I was disappointed by its decentness, actually. Yeah, they made yeah, it I too never... good. Stupidly, they made it too good. Yeah, I never thought I'd be so disappointed to see a pretty good match in my life. <laughs> <laughs> you just wanted it to be funny and just to sort of break down into some hilarious moments. But they just had a really good wrestling match and it was just a bit sort of an anticlimax. You just thought, hmm... I mean, you can't fault them for having a good match, but I just <laughs> oh, thought maybe that sort of, you know, their spot on the card and the reason that match was put there really should have been more sort of focused on the comedy sort of aspect. The, the of street it. fight had more comedy elements to it than the yeah. match did. But um, we even had, we had QT Marshall at ringside who was, you know, bland as usual. And someone made a great comment on the forum that Ardy Evans showed more in his. One match ring of honor, and then QT Marshall has in his entire run so far. So maybe I they mean, should keep Ardy Evans as the wrestler and QT Marshall as the bodyguard and just him be at ringside. <laughs> I think we should know as well QT Marshall jobbed to Grizzly Redwood in 23 seconds in the uh, dark match. I'm glad they know how to use him. Delirious, <laughs> obviously, isn't the fan. That'll get him over. <laughs> God's gift. Um, and we, I believe we even had uh, an Esther Osiris return and sort of take out, or try to take out QT Marshall before he was thrown into the barricade, if I recall. Yeah, I think oh, he came dirty out. Ernie. Got, he got dirty Ernie. He's back um, to help Prince Nana. That was obviously what he was talking about. He even mentioned him, actually, on the podcast last week. He said they're buddies. And the end of the match, we had R.D. Evans pick up the win with sort of an inverted Styles clash would be the only way to describe it, I think. Yeah. yeah, I um, I felt, you know, when I watch wrestling, I like to look at it from a very logical standpoint, and it just felt weird to me because yes, Artie Evans is a trained professional wrestler, and he's actually really good uh, when you watch the stuff he's done in other promotions, but in Ring of Honor, w- when he and Prince not again in the ring and they have a good match, it 
has nothing to do with their character. They're managers. And why would two managers who are supposedly not very well-versed in professional wrestling, why would they get in there and have a good match? Why would Prince Nana hit a dive two minutes into the match? <laughs> that was crazy. It, it, it doesn't make sense, and it, it didn't go with the characters at all, and I think that really hurt uh, this match. Um, and then after the match, we even saw Tommaso Ciampa come out to... Uh, was he trying to attack Hardy Evans and QT Marshall? Uh, they scurried off to the back, and Ciampa yeah. was sort of held back by security. Obviously, Ciampa's out with, the, I think it's a ACL, torn ACL injury. Um, and I am not can't remember off the top of my head when he's going to be back. It will be some point in 2013, so but perhaps when he... Him yeah, I'm assuming that when he does come back, he's going to be feuding with QT Marshall, which would not be a good thing for him at all. Um, so hopefully that's just like a one-minute squash match that he used to have. <laughs> yeah. Um, so after that, unless you've got anything more to add about the Evans Nana match, no, I think I think Des said it completely uh, correctly that they they I think they had the wrong type of match, but they it wasn't it, it wasn't a bad match. It was a very good match, but it, it sort of shouldn't have been a good match in a weird kind of way. But I never thought we'd ever say that about Ring of Honor. Like, yeah, that this should not have been good. You know, you know, people are always <laughs> moaning about Ring of Honor fans. Like, oh, they're spoiled and everything. And we're moaning that a match is too good. So maybe they're all right. <laughs> um, up next, we have wrestling's greatest tag team defeating the BJ Express in a New York City street fight. And before we uh, talk about this match, I want to say I'm very disappointed with Ring of Honor. They changed wrestling's greatest tag team theme music. It is not the classic toot toot version. Oh, that's right. They did. I didn't notice. They changed it to some generic, I don't know what it is, but there is just no feasible way of me attaching toots to that song, which is probably why they did it. Charlie Huss <laughs> heard all these songs. He's, he's had enough of it. I mean, that's probably the reason why Shouting asked for his release. He was sick of, you know, he wanted the toot toot. He wanted all that attention that Haas gets on this show. That, you know, he's just jealous. <laughs> um, so in this match, it was a street fight, and it started off sort of more of a comedy match. We had Christmas trees, we had stockings, we had giant candy canes, we had various uh, festive weapons being used and destroyed in the ring, which is quite funny. It was awesome. And to be honest, this was a very good match. I, I yeah. enjoyed this a lot more than I thought I would. Yeah, me too. I, I really enjoyed it as well. I thought it was... I thought this, was is the, this was the only... Yeah, this was sort of the only kind of match these two teams could have had, um, you know, that could have made it entertaining because just a straight-up wrestling match, I don't think anyone would have really enjoyed it. But, you know, they had a bit of comedy in there. They had, you know, some great spots. And it was just a really good, it was a really good sort of uh, end to, well, what we hope will be the end to their sort of feud. It was, it was just a good chaotic brawl, which is, this is probably what, you know, wrestling's greatest tag teams matches with the Briscoe should have been instead of Ether and, you know, however, whatever else happened in those awful matches. But um, how about you, John? I completely agree. I, this way surpassed my expect, expectations for it. I was not looking forward to this match at all, and I really, really enjoyed it after it was all said and done, especially the beginning parts with the uh, Christmas decorations of the tree. My favorite spot of the whole match might have been when the crowd was chanting, use the tree, use the tree. He threw it out of the ring. <laughs> and he picked it up, like he's going to use it, and just drops it out of the ring. That was, that was nice. He or Shelton. Um, but the he's, end he's, of... he's learning from Charlie, isn't but he? But yeah, he's we really he's... need to talk about that last bump. Oh, oh my God. That was, that was Charlie Haas picked up the win when he pinned BJ Whitmer. And, uh, well, I, I'm not going to be able to do this justice in words, but... It was an overhead belly-to-belly suplex through the table, and uh, BJ basically went head first. 
He, yeah, he literally just went completely vertical down headfirst. Yeah, he, he didn't rotate all the way as he did. For all the way from the top rope. And there's a gif of this going around on the forum. Check that out if you haven't seen it. But this was insane. Me and my friend were like, Whoa! We, we were so mad. <laughs> we went back and kept clicking on it to see it over and over. It was, it was I insane. I think the problem was they set up the table way so too far, far away. So far when, away. They, when they set it up, I thought, that, what, well, is one of them going to try and get through that? Because it's miles away. This is one of those, you know, spots and moments that you'll, you'll never forget. It was that insane, and we're just lucky yeah. that he's okay. I'm pretty sure that he's he's fine. I mean, they said on the show that he refused uh, medical help, obviously like a, a kayfabe type thing. But um, Can I I'm talk sure about that real a... quick? Go on. Okay, why do wrestlers, and this doesn't apply just to BJ Whitmer, but why do wrestlers in general refuse medical attention ever? I think Kevin Kelly's explanation for this was BJ Whitmer refused medical attention because he didn't want to give Charlie Haas the satisfaction. And I'm thinking, <laughs> what satisfaction? The satisfaction of him well, getting better and coming back yeah, to you don't fight know Charlie Haas? What kind of medical attention that Charlie Haas was trying to give him in the back that he didn't want to let Haas have the pleasure of doing that? I, oh, man, I hate that storyline so much. Uh, I, I think in this situation, though, the. Table might have saved BJ Whitmer from a broken neck. I think the table gave him just enough resistance to where if he would have just swan dived like he did straight into the mat like that, I don't have a doubt in my mind he'd have a broken neck right now. But I think the table it, it was slowed down the fault just a little bit. I think he was lucky yeah. that he that they had the table there. He's lucky that he's okay. Absolutely. It, that was it was it was insane. It it was yeah. more insane than the the spot that ended the the show in my opinion. It was oh, it because, was, because that sort of that was done the way it should have been done, but the one in the tag team match, it was obviously not, he wasn't done properly, which which was why it was a bit scary. There are a lot of scary spots uh, on that Sunday from the Ring of Honor and the WWE show, but I think this was uh, probably, the, I think actually definitely was the scariest spot of the entire weekend. It was just mm. really brutal. Um, up next, Mike Bennett defeated the returning Jerry Lynn in his uh, final match in Ring of Honor. Um, after the match, he, he gave uh, Bennett a, a pile driver for good measure, and he also DDT'd Maria onto Brutal Bob's groin <laughs> in the post-match beatdown. And then uh, after that, Nigel, Nigel McGuinness came to the ring and presented him with sort of a commemorative award. Is that how you describe it? Sort of like, uh, you know, thanking him for all his contributions to Ring of Honor, gave him this plaque. And it's just sort of a, a nice moment, the you know, crowd chanting, uh, thank you, Jerry. So... It was a nice moment to sort of see Jerry Lynn off um, as he does retire from wrestling. But um, what did you think of this match? I thought it was it was another one of those matches that just kind of ended really quickly. As you know, th- they didn't have a build up, and and Mike Bennett just hit the box office smash and won. It was like, really okay. Um, so the match was kind of there. I thought the. The post-match stuff I thought was really, really well done. Yeah, was, that was that was better than yeah. the match, in my opinion. That Absolutely. What happened afterwards was, was, it was great. Really, really it was really tasteful, and uh, I think, you know, they very well could have done shot an angle with that, and they didn't. They waited for it to be over, and then they shot a different angle. Mm. And I, I thought it worked really well. I thought it was, it was really nice, tasteful. nice send-off. Yeah. Steven? Um, yeah, I'd kind of agree with what Des said. I thought the match itself wasn't really anything to sort of write home about. It was it was okay, but it was again it like the Lethal and Rhino match. It's not one that anyone's going to be rushing back to watch. I don't think. Um, but yeah, the the post match stuff was 
was good. I think the only my only complaint was that it maybe lasted a bit too long. Because obviously after that you had the whole Jay Lethal thing, didn't you as well? And it yeah. Just seemed to, it just seemed to last forever. That sort of in ring, se- you know, the couple of in ring segments. I thought that what, they what we had is we had the Joe Lynn segment, then we had Jay Lethal segment, then we had intermission, then we had Mike Mondo promo, and then oh my god, Team Man Fishing promo. It was like too many promos in a row, and they yeah. could have done with one of these matches being in between one of these segments just to break things up a bit, because my friend was here, and he was a bit bored, because he was like, oh, what's the, all this talking going on? You know, it's a pay-per-view. And it's, it's not WWE, damn it. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, it's like Ring it. of Honor, so you're not supposed to really have this, that much talking in a row, especially. But, um, John, what did you think of the actual match itself? The match itself was disappointing. I had pretty high expectations for this match, especially after the way Bennett wrestled against Lance Storm, and they had three, I thought, really good matches. And I thought if you brought Jerry Lynn in to face Bennett, it would be along the lines of quality of those matches. But it wasn't. It was just more of a kind of, to, to me, just seemed like a quick way to get Bennett a win over a big name. And then most of the focus seemed to be on the post-match stuff, which I think is the right way to do it. Mm. And this way, when they go on TV in the future and show Jerry Lynn, you know, Mike, I mean, Mike Bennett beating Jerry Lynn, they can... And it didn't that that didn't take too much time away from the post match celebration of Lynn's career, and while it did kind of go along, I don't have a problem with it in this situation. Yeah, the match was just, in my opinion, it's one of those forgetful matches that I can't remember much from, but I do remember the the post you know post match stuff very well. So yeah, good job with the post segment uh, post match stuff anyway. So um, once Geraldine had left the ring. Um, unbeatable Jay Lethal came out for his second promo of the night. While Nigel was still in the ring, um, he essentially says that he still wants to fight the world champion tonight. Uh, the main event spot should be his. He deserves it. He tells Generica to go home, etc. Uh, Nigel says he won't do any of that and just tells Lethal to go backstage and watch the show. Um, and then he said, you know, if Generica does win, Lethal will be first in line for a title shot. But then Lethal spits on Nigel McGuinness um, and the two have to be separated by security and then Lethal is kicked out of the building which to me said, yeah, he's coming back later, he's going to win the belt, my theory is true but... Oh yeah, classic wrestling I, was I, 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 re- I really thought that was just going to be set up to, how did Lethal get back in here? Is this one of the first times that someone's arrested has been kicked out of the arena halfway <laughs> through a show and not come back at the end? I think it might be the, the first time because, I mean, oh, Terrible, but anyway that just means Ring of Honor has very good security. Yeah, <laughs> certainly better security than TNA does. Yeah, God. they should send some of these guys over to TNA. And <laughs> WWE, the Shield, they keep getting in. But yeah, they keep anyway, um, I was not really a fan of this. I don't really? like... I don't Jay like... Lethal's so annoying. <laughs> so I, quite like, okay. I quite like the segment, but as I said, because it followed the Jerry Lynn thing, it just seemed like really dragged out. Maybe they should have had that after the interval and just completely scrap the Mondo segment. Yeah, maybe. scrap that Mondo. But, I, I, uh, thought it was, I thought it was quite well done. To be I honest. just I think thought the, it was really good too. The problem with... It's just... This, the problem with spitting on McGuinness and having them separated is everyone now wants a match. Well, people are going to start thinking that, surely, if there's sort of physical alteration altercations between the two and security. I wasn't a huge fan of that because Nigel's not going to wrestle, so I felt like it sort of teased something that would never happen. Was that just me getting that impression? I kind of felt like um, it wasn't really trying to set up a match as, as opposed to trying to establish Jay Lethal as this anti-authority figure. This whiny. Yeah, that's the thing. He's anti-authority, and 
you know, it's a cliche comparison, but whenever you think anti-establishment, you think Steve uh, Steve Austin. Jay Lethal is whiny, and he complains all the time, and yet he's anti-establishment, and he's just his character does not fit the character they want him to be. If that makes sense. Hmm. Yeah, I, I still think he would. I, I don't know if there's any need for this. Because he sort of said a lot of the same things earlier when um, he was with, you know, with Carino. So I felt like it was a bit repetitive of what has already been said. And it felt like it was just an excuse to get kicked out of the arena so people weren't wondering at the end where he was. I think that's what it was. Exactly. But, but I'm glad that they did kick him out of the arena because unlike y'all, I, was, I thought, you know, he wasn't getting back in. And I'm glad he didn't find a way back in. I'm still glad your prediction didn't come true, Harry. I'm disappointed. They should have done it. Well, say, it, it would have been interesting to see what would have happened. We will talk about rioted. that in the main They event. would have rioted. It yeah. would have been amazing. But after Jay Lethal was uh, kicked out of the building, we went to intermission. Um, and when we came back from intermission... You know, a quick thing about intermission is usually they show the same video about three to four times. They showed it once this time and they went right back to the show. I thought it that was, was really still awesome. some good video packages, actually. They yeah. had a video package for, I believe, all of the matches that were coming up after the intermission. So credit to Ring of Honor for that. No re- repetitive well videos. For was, it just, was it just me that the intermission seemed quite short this time? Or was that yeah, that's me? what I meant. It was a really short intermission. Well, I'd only just opened my intermission packet of crisps and then we'd already <laughs> started. And I was like, you know, I was talking about Mondo and trying to eat my crisps at the same time. It wasn't, wasn't ideal. <laughs> to be honest, I kind of wish they'd just scrap intermission. I think. Nah, yeah, oh. I think we we need a break, especially with Ring of Honor. Oh well, no, they not in, in We don't need intermission between two promo segments. Oh no, but I think you definitely need some sort of intermission. And they need it there because they're driven more by merchandise sales than iPay-per-view sales. So that's that's why the intermission is there. Mm. But they have before and after the show to sell merch. I just feel like. Well, just from people who don't like Ring of Honor, like when my friend comes here to watch it, he always gets pissed off by the intermission because <laughs> you're watching a, like a three-hour show and then they put intermission in, in it in between to make it even longer than it is. I mean, it feels unnecessary sometimes to me. Um, we then had a promo segment with Mike Mondo. Three in a row. This wasn't needed at all. Why... Worst thing on the show by far. This was terrible. They were booing Mike Mondo. I think if, yeah, if this proves anything, it proves that Mike Mondo cannot be a face in Ring of Honor. Oh my Mike god. has to be a heel. He just he, he might get a few chant a uh, few uh, cheers in Baltimore or whatever it was, but I mean he, he's he actually from talk. New York as well, isn't he? Yeah, that that's his yeah. hometown and they were booing him and he was, you know, he was trying to I don't know trying to be cool is the right way to put it, but he was, you know, oh. calling his crutches um bitch, stick, bitch sticks. <laughs> and uh yeah. It, I like I like Mondo, but I just find his gimmick really Cheesy, obnoxious, and cheesy, and if anything, he by talking he makes me not want to like him. Yeah, <laughs> which is kind of the opposite. I mean, if he was a heel, then that would kind of work because he's sort of an obnoxious type of character, type you know, kind of sort of a Kyle O'Reilly. You know, I think he's just got some really good obnoxious qualities that make you sort of want to dislike him. Mm. Which so he should be a heel. I don't, I don't know why they turned him face to be honest. Well, obviously to face Bennett, but. Yeah, I mean, this this promo segment was essentially to announce that he's going to be back in four weeks instead of a year. He's sort of rehabbed the injury himself or something. So, I mean, that's good that he's going to be back, but 
this probably didn't turn out as, as they expected because the crowd didn't seem very happy the fact that he was I, I, back. I hope they listen to it and do realise that he has to come back as a, a heel. As a I mean, heel. I like him, as you said. I mean, I do like him and I've grown yeah, to like him, but... become a fan of his. But as Stephen said, this sort of made me less of a fan because I'm like just sort of cringing a bit while he was talking. I was like, oh dear, please just stop talking, Mondo. Someone interrupt him quick. <laughs> I know uh, he's a friend of the show. I know he's a friend of the show and he's been on the show before, but I mean, yeah, he's improving in the ring. But when he talks, it's like, okay, Mike Mondo perpetuates the annoying New Yorker, obnoxious guy from New York stereotype. And I just want to punch him in the face. He needs to be healed. So annoying. Really needs to be healed. Yeah, exactly. He fits. As I said, like he's sort of just got natural obnoxious qualities. And that's, you know, why don't they just make the use of that rather than trying to force him and force him you know down our throats as a face it just it just won't work in the long run it won't work it would just be so much easier just to have him as a heel and you know all these stupid catchphrases would work better as a heel as well because they just make people angry it's good check time oh, this is Mondo. Fear. <laughs> oh, wow. uh, boulders like boulders and legs like kegs oh my when god did he say that Yes, said it on the past week's television. Oh. I think uh, I think I zoned out. But you said it on the pay per view too. Oh, did you say um, on the pay per view? Yeah. Wow. Um, luckily, he was interrupted by Team Man Fishing, Bobby Fish and Carl O'Reilly, who essentially said that there's going to be no American Wolf reunion. Apart, you know, whether or not there's been an announced match doesn't matter. There's no reunion, and then they started beating up Mondo, and then the American Wolves made the save. Um, and then after a little brawl, the match sort of started. And I didn't like this weird start to the match, in my opinion. I would have been better to have American Wolves come out to the music together as a team. It would have felt more like a reunion that way instead of this weird sort of... I wasn't sure if the match was still happening because I thought, oh, they're just going to beat him up and that's it. And there's no match or, or what. But eventually the match did start and it was very, very good. So luckily yeah. it did happen. But they the start... Teased up. They teased Eddie Edwards hitting Davey Richards before the match, and then he instead that tease was terrible. I hate teases like that in wrestling that are so blatantly obvious what's going to happen. Um, so, what did you guys think of the uh, tag team match? This match was awesome. I don't know what else needs to be said about it. It was everything. I know. I hoped it would be. I'm sure it lived up to everybody else's expectations too. Oh this, yeah, this fantastic. was fantastic. Hmm. But it isn't. It's really all we can say. <laughs> I think well, I need to go back and watch this again because, sort of, when I was writing the review and like the live report and stuff, I, I don't think I sort of got the sort of real rep- air representation of it. Yeah, it was it was sort of hard to keep up with it, and I think I need to go back uh, and watch it. Yeah, I agree. It's one of those you really kind of have to pay attention to. Cause it was one of those that's really moving fast. A lot of stuff is going on throughout the entire match, and I think if you rewatch it and pay and can pay better attention to it you'll get more appreciation yeah time. I, think I know I when i after write live reports sometimes i need to go back and watch some of the matches just so i know exactly what's happening um the end of the match was was by a referee stoppage the american walls picked up the win um i believe there was sort of eddie was kicking O'Reilly in the head while he was in some yeah he had the mission hold yeah yeah that was it Hit some sort of uh, it was like a dot, like a stump, wasn't it, from the top rope, and then Eddie was just sort of uh, he had him in the Achilles lock, and then was using his you know foot just to sort of kick him in the head. <laughs> yeah, then, uh, so they won by stop. referee stoppage, and um, and you know they've got a tag team title shot coming up next. So is this the end of this feud? 
No, no, no. I don't believe so because a, I think it's just a start. Yeah, because O'Reilly. Because I think the feud has to end with Davey beating O'Reilly, and that didn't happen here. I, th- I think we'll probably end up seeing singles. You know, quite a few singles matches out of these two teams, especially yeah. you know, Ed- Edwards it's... and Fish, and uh, you know O'Reilly and Richards. Maybe at like the eleventh anniversary show, maybe have those two singles matches. I think they'd both be pretty good. Wouldn't surprise I'll me be... to see the other two. You know, other two combination of singles matches at the TV tapings. Maybe. Yeah, maybe mix it up a bit. I think it just gives them. You said like a few new fresh matches ready to put on edwards and fish is going to be really really good I, yeah I'm, that's I'm one i'm looking forward to team i'm fishing um up next we had i don't believe i can actually say this matt hardy defeated adam cole why, well, couldn't, the world, why couldn't the world have ended on the 15th why did we have to see this why did adam cole this year has you know just look what he's done all the past few new york shows pin davy richards then he won the classic hybrid fighting rules match, which is a standout moment in, in New York. If you explain those rules, I gladly will. <laughs> no, no, not right now, John. Um, but and now he won the Battle of the Los year. Angeles here, which is a, a huge deal. Mm-hmm. And then he loses to Matt Hardy. And he I don't, that wasn't Hardy. in New York, but he, he did struggle to beat Brutal Bob as well. Oh, that's right. <laughs> oh yeah. I don't, I don't have a problem with him losing to Matt Hardy. I don't either. As as much as I dislike Matt Hardy, I didn't actually mind the match or mind his involvement. I I agree with Stephen there. I don't think he wasn't awful. He wasn't amazing. He doesn't make me go, oh, I hope they bring him back. He does, but then in the same breath, he doesn't make me go, oh, he was terrible. Get rid of this guy. But beating Adam Cole does nothing. To me, to me, this was a good match with a terrible ending. Because the end came when when Matt Hardy distracted the referee and hit the low blow on Adam Cole, mm. and then got the then got the uh, roll up for the pinfall. But the match itself, leading up to that, I thought was very good, especially the Florida key on the outside. Whew, that that looked yeah. that that looked like it hurt. Yeah, that was cool. Um, and you had uh, Cole kicking out of five side effects, so it made made Adam Cole look really strong. Either that or the the side effect look really weak. I mean, however you want to look at it. Yeah, <laughs> I, I didn't I didn't particularly like how many times Hardy tried to hit the side effect, and then he, he tried to hit the twist of fate about ten times as well. It just seemed to be like Cole was just reversing out of you know twist of fate every you know every other minute. It was like, oh, yeah. What's, what? And at one point, Cole hit a twist of fate of his own. Yeah, yeah. But I, I thought the match was maybe maybe slightly better than I thought it was going to be. And as I say, I don't I didn't really have a. You know, I, th- I thought Hardy was was okay, so I think yeah. this is going to this is going to set up a, a, a rematch, isn't it? Somewhere it has to. I mean, people are, are really upset that Cole beat Hardy, and it's or I'm sorry that Hardy beat Cole, and it, it's like it's classic pro wrestling. You know, you have yeah. the the veteran heel come in and cheat to beat the the upcome upstart babyface, and then the babyface gets his win back later. It's it's just classic pro wrestling, and, and I don't know why people are so angry about it. You've got to think as well. If if their plan all along was to was for Hardy to have a few more matches as well, if he comes in after you know bigging himself up so much and loses his first match, that's basically yeah. him stone dead in the water. There's no way he can then be credible going forward in Ring of Honor if he loses his first match. So as much as we might not particularly like Matt Hardy beating one of the you know best youngsters in well in wrestling and in Ring of Honor, so um, you know as much as we don't like that. As, as Des said, you know, it makes sense from a storyline point of view. So, 
I guess we can't give them too much. Uh, I just wish they listened deal. to the show name and it was the final battle, and then he could just that'd be it. Cole would beat him, and that'd be the end. But obviously not, because even it's called final battle, it feels like a lot of these matches are leading to another match. Yeah, I think that. Yeah. I think that was the main sort of problem. With, if there was any problem with the show, is that you know final battle is normally the place where sort of you know feuds end. But if anything, this show was sort of the first battle. You know, it sort of set up. <laughs> It was more or less the start of feuds rather than the end of them. Mm. It should be called Ring of Honor Presents Midpoint. (laughs) Yeah, possibly. Um, So, up next we had for the World Tag Team titles, um, the Briscoes became the eight-time tag team champions when they defeated Scum and Coleman and Alexander in a three-way tag team match. This was a good match, but it... Ended out of nowhere. What the hell happened there? It was like they were given a certain amount of time and then they looked and thought, oh, damn, we've got one minute to end this. And it just sort of... <laughs> quick, do the doomsday. Yeah, device. quick, just get, just do the finish. And it was a... But the match up till then was, I thought it was very good. And they, you know, even though there was six men in the ring at one time, they managed to keep it, uh, you know, entertaining without yeah, it was. It sort of being a car good. crash or anything. This but, was an entertaining spot, like an entertaining sprint and spot fest that surprisingly kind of had a story as well to me. Because they, it makes sense when it's a sudden death match like this. Always try to go for pinfalls and get the win as quick as possible. But they kept on, you know, go, doing the crazy high, like high risk moves to, I, I guess, to pop the crowd and try to get the pinfall. So I, I really did like this match, even though it lasted, you know, long enough for me to blink my eye twice. Yeah, <laughs> and you had the story there that you know, CNC Wrestle Factory and uh, the Briscoes are friends. But they, you know, they kind of put the friendship aside to win the titles. So they had, and they broke up each other's falls too, which mm. kind of added to the story. Which typically, you know, it's 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 a typical triple threat match, but this time them breaking up each other's pins kind of meant a little more because they play that up on television. So I thought that was good. Mm. I mean, I think the problem here was that they had nine matches on the show, so they're probably a bit pushed for time. So, you know, maybe if they didn't have the Jay Lethal Rhino match on this would have allowed more time for this because that's the one match that I felt didn't really have a yeah, purpose. I mean, they, they uh, could have had Lethal cut that promo <laughs> on, on McGuinness and not had that match and it wouldn't have mattered, would it? Jay Lethal on the go-home show for Ring of Honor TV said, and I quote, it doesn't matter who wins or loses the Jay Lethal Rhino match. It's like, all right, really? What's the point? What's the oh, point? I, I was like, oh my God. That was the that was horrible. So basically, they announced that the whole match is pointless, and then they yes. put it on, and it was pointless. So yeah, it's, but it is annoying when you see you know matches that clearly were good but struggled for time, like this tag title one, that obviously suffered because of. We'll just blame it all on Jay Lethal. It's yeah, it's all his fault. Um, but I don't think any of us predicted that the Briscoes would leave this as eight-time tag team champions. What are your thoughts on this strange choice here? No, I, I would, would have, have bet a not a large amount. I probably bet Steve Kareiner's roll of quarters that <laughs> CNC would have walked out the tag team champions in this match. I just don't see the point. The Briscoes having an eighth reign. No, they only just. It felt like the last one wasn't very long ago. They were the previous champs. Correct me if I'm wrong, weren't they? They it was. They were the champs then. Uh, Haas and Benjamin then. Oh yeah. Oh not the Express either. then. Okay, maybe it was quite a while ago then. But it seems like it was just yesterday that yeah. they were champs. It's because they're they're always they're always sort of in the if they're not champions they're sort of in the title they're very prominent picture. aren't they in the division. So they're never sort of very far away from the title. So even when they're not champions, you sort of just yeah you just think that they're 
involved. So I think the only thing with CNC, uh, maybe they weren't very over in New York, and I think that's because they, the Briscoes were in there. If it would have been perhaps Scum versus CNC, maybe CNC would have got a better reaction than they did. But they didn't seem that yeah. over to me. I think maybe it's maybe it's still a bit too soon for CNC. Um, I mean, I, I had a feeling Scum were going to lose the titles. Uh, yeah, I think I think they thought CNC were just it was a bit too early for them to be to be tag champs. And to be honest, I can't see the Briscoes holding the belts for very long. I think they'll probably have. Do you think they're just sort of that. transitional champs to give the belt to probably the American Wolves at this? Rate? Yeah, I, I think I think that's probably what's going to happen. To be honest. Yeah, I think that's what they're building to. Is that dr- that uh, I guess they're calling it a dream match here, where they're going to build up to. Well, the it's, it's happening, isn't it? And, and, Early January, so unless that hap- you know, there's interference by Timo Fish in there, it does seem a bit weird just to have that match so soon. And I think the problem was that they didn't want to have CNC win the bouts and only have you know hold the batch for a few months because that wouldn't really do them any any good at all. If they're just going to be transitional champions, the first time they win the bouts, that's not going to help them, is it? So maybe hold off a year or so and let honest, them have a really it, good run when they win them. If they are just going to give the belts to the Wolves. It would have made sense from a storyline perspective to have the American Wolves defeat Scum because Davey can't face Steen anymore because of that stipulation, but he can go and take out his buddies, his henchmen, and take the gold off them, which would make sense storyline and wouldn't, you know, there wouldn't be any need for any transitional champions. I think that'd be a better fit, in my opinion. That makes sense, actually. I, I, I think they probably didn't think of that, to be honest. Hmm. Harry, so, you should be Booker. I should. Oh, if I was Booker, Jay Lethal would be. Yeah, look at that. Look at that. They didn't think of your Jay Lethal uh, idea. Either. It should have happened. It was so. It would have been so awesome. But we'll get to that in a bit. Um, <laughs> so, anything else to add about the the tag team title match? CNC get the first uh, shot. Apparently. Yes, they are. They do get the first shot, and which is at the next TV tapings. Which we'll y'all talk are about spoiling my news segment. <laughs> <laughs> Um, but yeah, hopefully the Briscoes, it'll just be a brief reign because uh, they don't need the belts again. They're already so over. It's like John Cena and WWE. They gain nothing from getting the belt at this point because they're already so over. They could probably um, lose every match for a whole year and still be over. Yeah. Oh, yeah. As long as they keep doing those awesome YouTube videos, they'll be yeah, over. Yeah, Mark Briscoe does his redneck kung fu and does that thing when he, you know, the thing across the ropes and then. Hi, yo, 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 hi, yeah, yo, that's yo. whatever that is called. <laughs> That's a very that good is my uh, impression. favorite move in all of wrestling. <laughs> so we have Mark Briscoe on the show with us, everyone. <laughs> He's got the beard for it. <laughs> Do you have any missing teeth, John? Uh, not that I know of. <laughs> um, we then, after the tag team title match, got to the main event, Ladder War 4. For the ROH World title, we saw Kevin Steen defeat El Generico. Um, the end of this match... I don't know how to describe it in words. I mean, I can. Tr- I mean, essentially, there was two ladders, and in between those two ladders was a ladder horizontally, and they were stood on that, and Steen did a power, package power driver onto this horizontal ladder. That, there's a picture on rhworld.com. I, I was struggling so much to explain this in the live report. I was like, he's put yeah. a ladder in between two ladders, but there's another ladder on top of that ladder in between the other it's two basically ladders. basically two ladders on top, and the other ladders on the bottom sort of formed a bridge. Yeah. yeah. It was it was crazy anyway to be honest and look I just had to take a photo because I you know I was doing the live tweeting and I was like I can't explain this I'll just take a photo so 
yeah, it, it was insane that last spot. But apart from you know the conclusion to the match, and, and Steen would then grab the belt and win the uh, win the match, and that'd be the end of the show. But what did you guys think of the actual match itself? It was nuts. <laughs> it was crazy, crazy match. And I think, you know, that's what you expected going in. So it was, it was really good. And I usually have a big problem with these kinds of matches. But I think, you know, this is the kind of rivalry that's been building for years. And I think this, it'd be wrong to have anything but this level of crazy match. You know what I mean? Um, it made sense for them to do it this way. And, I mean, that finish was... I thought it was really good on a number of levels because a it was just brutal a package pile driver that broke a ladder and he landed on a, on another ladder and also it was just this weird symbolism we had the four ladders and it was ladder war four I mean that that I thought that was pretty oh, cool. yeah never thought of that <laughs> uh, Stephen or John this on, John. kind of seemed kind of like a Kevin Steen squash match. To me, for the most part. Wow. He was in control, it seemed like, 85% of the match. That's it true. It seemed like any time Generica got anything going, Steam just right there, right on the spot, just do something, take him right back out of it. It felt less like a Kevin Steen squash match and more like a El Generico cell-fest. You know, if that makes any yeah, sense at also, all. Yeah. I mean, yeah. I, I guess when you have somebody who's as sympathetic and as good at selling as El Generico is, it, would makes, it makes more sense for him to be in that position most of the time. But Generico did get some good shots in, like when he did the back body, what was it, the backdrop onto Steen through the table on the outside. So Generico did have his moments, like, looking strong. But I, I just thought Kevin Steen came out looking dominant, dominant, dominant. Yeah, I've had a couple of people say that. And at the time, I don't, I don't think I really thought that it was a squash match. But I can I can definitely see where you're coming from. But And, that, and I'm s- not saying that's a bad thing at all, because... You know, Generico is at best a part-time wrestler in Ring of Honor, and Kevin Steen's the champion going forward. Yeah. So, of course, you want him looking stronger. And and this is what I'm assuming is the final battle of their three-plus-year feud. Yeah. And I think it's good that they had a definitive winner like this, especially I, with the I hope match. it is. I hope it is the final match, because I don't know what, what else they can do at this point. I mean, the only other thing would be to, for Generico to end Steen's reign, but that's not going to happen. So I'm hoping that this, you know, is the conclusion to this feud at, at last. What does I, th- I think, my... think about all this, Harry? <laughs> my cat has a lot to say about this. Yeah. I think my only sort of criticism of, of the match was that Generico never looked like, like never looked win. like winning. Like he never ever, well, I can't remember him ever getting close to getting the belt or like he never... No, at no point did you think Generico is going to win this. So, no, uh, yeah, they did, they did a poor job of ever teasing that moment or hyping you up to yeah, it. Yeah, I mean, I can definitely see why Generico, like, well, Steam was dominant for most of the match because, you know, as, as John said, that Generico is a very sort of sympathetic kind of wrestler. You know, he, he sort of gets beaten up a lot, so the fans get behind him more. Mm-hmm. But I never really got the feeling that, you know, Generico could win this, to be honest, which was probably my only sort of little bear of the match but it was it was yeah. it was so good it was it was everything that you sort of wanted from the match and they delivered it and it was just it was just really good mm. it's one of those things I... go ahead i think it's one of those things that ring of honor like you know they really couldn't control so it wasn't anybody's fault it was just no no we knew going in and i think that was the bad things we knew going in that kevin steen's gonna win 
there's no hope of El Generico winning this no, match. I thought, no, no, I thought Generico was going to win and Lethal was going to come out. Well, yeah, yeah, but that was only you, wasn't it? Come on. Yeah, no, was I wasn't you. the only one who thought. They're delusional island. If you, if you actually <laughs> went on the the website, um, we had a poll on the website and Generico was winning the vote on who people thought was going to win the belt. And, and on the pickums as well. But don't, don't you run the like? You run them, so you were probably just voting over and over again. <laughs> and the pickums as well. Everyone on the pick, a lot of people on the pickums were saying Generico. I think this would be a, a perfect time to. Yeah, <laughs> this would be a perfect time to bring back that hashtag that's been banned. Um, but I mean, this match really hinged on the idea that El Generico could finally get the win and upset Steen's reign, and and that just wasn't going to happen. i mean, realistically, so that really brought it down for me. But I mean, other than that, it was still a really, really good match, and it felt, it felt for a ladder war, it felt very realistic in the sense that That's Steen funny. dominated, you know. Yeah, let me say this: for as much as I hated last year's main event, that's about how much I liked this year's main event. But that makes sense. No, I remember. Did, did, did you hate last year's main event? I don't remember. Oh, this. I thought don't everyone mean, hated last year's main event. Don't even get me started on last year's main event, but I thought this year's was the perfect conclusion <laughs> to a final battle. I don't remember last year's main event at all, to be honest with you. That, that's good. It's because it lasted four hours. I just remember being really long and being disappointed that Dan Severn did one thing. That <laughs> he carried Truth Martini out and that was it. Yeah. Didn't he beat where, was Mabel? where was Mabel's running? Where was <laughs> So that wraps up final battle. Do you have anything like else? To... This year's final battle wrap up includes talking about Mabel, <laughs> <laughs> just like last year. Um, do you have anything to add on on the show? Sort of overall thoughts or anything going forward before we move on? To what I Did... thought was a mostly disappointing 2012, I thought final battle ended Ring of Honor's year on a very high note. Yeah, yeah, that that sums it up very well. I have a question for you guys, and I guess maybe the fans can answer this too. And this, <laughs> yeah, I'm sure they can respond. The ROH Cast Force. Yes, the ROH Cast Force. Um, this was, you know, this is supposed to be like Ring of Honor's sort of WrestleMania, I guess. Uh, did it have that feel to you guys at the end of it? Because I don't know, it, it was a very good show, uh, especially compared to some of the other things we've seen this year, but. Did it really feel like an all-encompassing final battle uh, to you guys? No. It, it, to I me, thought Gloria Barna was better, to be honest. The show had the big show feel to me just because of Generico and Steen. Just because this is what it's all been building to for years and years and years now. And the fact that we're finally getting the wall off match to that just seemed like a huge deal and made the show seems like, seem like the biggest show in years for Ring of Honor, if not in Ring of Honor's history. So I, I think it did, for me at least, have that big show feel. It didn't have a lot of the sort of, um, you know, we were talking earlier about it not really being final battle. It was sort of like the midpoint, I think someone said. I think yeah. that affected it a lot because, you know, Roderick Strong Elgin was just sort of a tease of things to come, really, wasn't it? You know, Roderick Strong got the cheap win. It wasn't everything in, they could possibly do. So it didn't really feel like final battle because it was just the start of a lot of things. And, you know, Jay Lethal Rhino was just filler. Um, I personally think wrestling's great tag team BJ Express is going to continue as well. Oh, I don't, I oh, don't God. see how that can continue. Well, they've got, BJ Express surely got to get the, the final win because they've lost twice now. Oh God. And team, team <laughs> ambition, perhaps, you know, I think John, it was you that was pushing for them to defeat the wolves here to sort of continue that going forward. 
So some strange sort of booking decisions going forward didn't really give it that sort of final battle feel to me. Yeah. It was still a very good show, though. And I think a lot of those continuing the storylines, I think that's fine. And on any other show, it's just it probably shouldn't have happened on uh, this show. I still think something should have happened at the end with Jay Lethal. To, to have all that hype of Lethal saying every week on TV that I'm going to fight the world champion, you know, there was stuff on the show, he was kicked out, which, as we said earlier in wrestling, never means anything. He didn't have to do my theory of cashing in, but he could at least tax Dean or do something, just get involved so there's some sort of... Yeah. Um, yeah. If anything, and, it makes him look a bit weak that he's just like, right, Jenny, if you're thrown out, he was like, oh, okay, bye. Like, it's, like, it's like you guys said, you know, when was the last time a wrestler got thrown out and didn't get back in somehow? It's like every other wrestler in the history of wrestling managed to get back into the building, but Jay Lethal yeah. didn't. Mm. So, you know, he's he's obviously doesn't have that much of a killer instinct if he can't get back in a building. <laughs> and you know, maybe he was he was supposed to, but it felt to me like uh, Steen won. They said, oh, my God, Steen wins. We'll see you next time, and they just yeah. cut really quickly. It's like yeah, maybe I, I, yeah. I was yeah. really expecting something to happen. Like I was just waiting for. Well, I mean, I was waiting for Lethal to sort of do something, and I was a little bit disappointed when it just sort of ended. And I was just sort I of was disappointed there looking at the yeah. Ring of Honor logo, thinking, "Does that just happen? What? Is that just finished?" <laughs> it was like, "What's you know, what's happening next?" But what I time did the sh- I just I didn't get to watch it live. What time did the show actually end? It ended at five twenty-eight p.m. Eastern time. Okay. <laughs> they might have been wanting to cut it off right there before the hour mark and have the three and a half hour show. It actually went exactly three hours, 28 minutes. So, yeah, I felt like they wanted to go exactly three and a half hours. That's what they were trying to do. And, you know, they succeeded. That's a strange choice. I mean, it's not like they're on TV and there's something coming on afterwards. They, they can go as long as they want. Yeah, well, I mean, last it, year, it, it did uh, feel a bit anticlimactic. Like, he's won. Goodbye. <laughs> <laughs> Caleb Seltzer, well, Kevin Steen has won the match. Wacky, waving our inflatable tube men. Bye. <laughs> Tune in next week for Ringer of Honor Television. Yeah. Road race. I mean, do you remember, uh, I can't remember what show it was. It might have been 10th anniversary where a main event ended and Steen was in the crowd and he did a promo on, on Davey. I believe yeah. it was after the Young Wolves Rising. Just to have Lethal do that. Promo, right? I, all I heard was Jack something. I was like, yeah, Jack wasn't it? Yeah. Oh, that was yeah, yeah, yeah. So, so just lethal do something like that from the crowd, and then security sort of take him out, and Steen say, "Oh, you can never fight me for the title." Blah blah blah. I don't know. I, f- I felt like this should have ended with some sort of tease going forward, something to keep you interested in. Oh, what's going to happen next? So I think the the only way they're going to get a lethal and Steen match is that lethal. How are they going to book that now? Logically, lethal's got to do something to piss Steen off so much that he demands to face lethal. Yeah. And I think Lethal could have really, you know, because I know Steen has, has done so many things at Final Battle that if Lethal had come out at the end and sort of stole his thunder a bit, Steen could have been pissed off that Lethal sort of stole his, you know, his limelight and that was his moment and he ruined it. And that could have sort of started the whole Lethal getting to Steen and making him demand a match. So I think they missed maybe missed an opportunity there. They missed an I opportunity. Go on. I know how Lethal can, get under, can uh, make the match happen. Lethal... At the next television taping, we'll reveal that he, in fact, convinced all of the hostess workers to go on strike, forcing hostess to close down, and Steen will no longer have Twinkies. Therefore, <laughs> Steen gets so angry, he demands a match with Jay Lethal at the uh, Canada show. 
<laughs> Twinkie-based rivalry. There we go. That's right. It'll bring them back, maybe. As long as Todd Sinclair's referee, that's fine. <laughs> I'm Todd Sinclair, according to Prince Nana. Um, so that wraps up Final Battle 2012. Um, overall, a, a good show. Not as good as Glory Barna, but still a, no, it was a great very show. Good. It was still a... two, two very good pay-per-views ended the year compared to some very average ones in the middle of the year. Oh, yeah. So... yeah. I think Ring of Honor is still on the right path and they're still you know, going the right way. So that's, that's good to see. So now we'll get onto the news, which you can uh, sometimes find during the week at rohworld.com. As Harry said, the news can be found sometimes during the week at rhworld.com, but always on the weekend with Dez's Weekend Roundup. Very true. Cheap plug for you, Dez. Thanks. But we start off with some pretty major news as Shelton Benjamin has been released from his Ring of Honor contract. Uh, rumors go that he wants to re-sign with WWE, but he will continue to appear on Ring of Honor on a paid-per-appearance basis. So this... This is a pretty big deal, and this could lead to a Charlie Haas singles run as well, which would be yes. amazing in every way. It would be Haas awesome. of truth, maybe? <laughs> that would be awesome. <laughs> what he said. <laughs> uh, anything else you want to add about Shelton Benjamin? Or well, he's not on? officially left yet, so it's hard to sort of... Because, you know, he might just stick around for ages as a freelancer, so we don't really know at this point. But, but he, so he, doesn't, he hasn't really he hasn't really done anything that sort of memorable. I think Haas has took a lot of the limelight and focus from that team because he's so Haasome as <laughs> a, a heel. So yeah, I don't, I don't think it would be a massive loss to be honest. Which as long as Haas stays stays in some capacity, then yeah. Which is weird because everybody's more excited about getting Shelton Benjamin two years ago than when, than Charlie Haas. Everybody's thinking of all the great matches Shelton Benjamin could have against everybody, and now it seems like Charlie Ho- Haas. Hopefully, is we get. Team some of those before he does leave like put him in a match with Davey put him in a match with you know Roderick Strong if he is leaving give him some good singles matches before he does you know before it's too late because it'll sort of feel like they've wasted him otherwise that all they did was put him in 50 million matches with the Briscoes and Rhett Titus yeah (laughs) well moving forward uh, January 5th is another set of TV tapings and there's been a few matches announced so far uh, one, as was alluded to at Final Battle, the Briscoes will defend their belts for the first time in their eighth reign against Caprice Coleman and Cedric Alexander. Uh, and... They're not going to win the belts, are they? If they were going to win the belts, they would have won them on Sunday. Yeah, I, I agree, but this should still be a very good match and a good, a hmm. great television match. And coming off his defeat of Adam Cole at Final Battle... The icon, version one, the man that will not die. Unfortunately. Matt Hardy will wrestle at the TV tapings. And this isn't his only appearance going forward for Ring of Honor, as he'll also appear at the January 19th event in Milwaukee, Wisconsin. (sighs) Yeah. (laughs) He's stronger than death, so he will survive the end of the world regardless, so... He'll be the only one left. He'll be the Ring of Honor World Champ TV Maybe champ. Maybe a live audience with Matt Hardy, with just Matt Hardy. So it'll be cockroaches, Keith Richards, and Matt Hardy after the apocalypse. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, there's been some matches announced for the January 18th live event in Dearborn, Michigan. 
the Briscoes have another title defense announced, and this time it's against the newly reformed American Wolves. It's got to be a, a screw job here, isn't it, by Team I'm fishing, surely? Yeah. Interference, or maybe they'll just run in and hit them with chairs and just throw the match out, or something will happen. I can't see this ending clean, you know, with either team getting a, a victory here. O'Reilly makes Presume. one of his weird faces at Davy and distracts Davy. <laughs> they are very distracting faces. That's just his face. He doesn't have to make a face. It's just his face is just strange. I, I feel like O'Reilly should always be making the meh sound when he looks at people. <laughs> like uh, like Thaddeus Griffin? Exactly. <laughs> just, just constantly, just meh, meh, meh. That's the level but, of intelligence and, you know, information you get on this podcast. You'll only get insight and news like this. On the ROH cast. <laughs> ROH cast episode 69. Yeah. <laughs> but there's another match with title implications happening in Dearborn. This time in a proving ground match. As Jimmy Jacobs will step into the proving ground for a TV title shot against Adam Cole. This should be awesome. Yeah. I'm a big fan of Jimmy Jacobs. So I'm glad he's getting his chance at another, another singles run in Ring of Honor. I wouldn't complain if Jacobs got the the win here and led to a you know tv talk match at some point maybe at the tapings after that or something i would be perfectly fine with that yeah, yeah. i'd have no problem if if this led to a jacob singles run and then karina could go and do commentary and then we get the best of both worlds, or so. even be his manager just sort of like a mouthpiece or something but yeah, yeah I, I wouldn't i wouldn't be against jacob's you know wrestling and karina sort of stepping down a bit that'd be pretty cool jacob's hasn't had too many singles matches uh for this run, so I think. Didn't he have be... like a main event with Davey that went ten minutes or something? Yes, yeah, at the Hasamania show. Hasamania, that one, yeah, that classic. Yeah, because that, that was the one where um, it wasn't the Hasamania one, wasn't it? Wasn't it at that show where they had loads of OVW and random guys and. It was the show in Richmond, Virginia. Yeah, that's the Has. Oh, is Hasamania, it? Oh. isn't it? You oh, reviewed it. <laughs> it was that good. I can't remember. Well, I know that there was one match between. I think it was a tag team match between like a couple of OVW guys and the longest local match, guys, and that was the longest match on the card for some reason. Yeah. And there's been one more match announced for the January 19th live event in Milwaukee, Wisconsin. Defy or deny two, as Kevin Steen will go against Eddie Edwards, Roderick Strong, and Michael Elgin in a four-way elimination match. And the rules to this are fairly simple. It's an elimination match in which if Edwards, Stronger, Elgin win, they will receive a future ROH world title shot. But if Steen is the last man standing, then the man he pins to win will never receive another title match as long as Steen remains champion. Elgin's got to win this, surely. We have had one other Defire Deny match. It was back in 2010. It was the night actually before Eddie Edwards won the ROH world title in which Roderick Strong want, defeated three other men to ensure they will never get another title shot against him, which proved out to be pretty pointless in the long run. So maybe this, if Steen wins here, might mark the end of his title run as well, if history repeats itself. What if Steen pins Edwards, and then then Davey Richards and Eddie Edwards have a reason to be a permanent tag team, since <laughs> that'll be their gimmick, because they can't get a title shot? <laughs> It would make them, you know, more pissed off with Scum as well, so that would fuel them. Oh, they're not even Scum aren't champs, are they? Ignore me. Well, if Edwards wins, and then Edwards and Richards break up because Richards is angry that Eddie has a title shot. 
And then Dan Severn gets involved again. And then everyone Yes! Woo! Why doesn't Eddie use the Dragon Sleeper anymore? That was such a good move. <laughs> he used that, that once, so cool. didn't he? He used it once against Davey. He got out of it in about <laughs> two seconds, and that was the end of it. Yeah, that's a whole bunch of build-up. Turned out to be the easiest move to counter out of ever. <laughs> they did. They built that up on TV for weeks. Yeah, he then... defeated a couple of people with it as well. And then it was he used tried to try it once in the match, and then I feel like was... we're on RH Cast episode twenty here. <laughs> we're talking about Final Battle twenty eleven. What are we talking about that crap for? I don't know. We reviewed that. It's like a two hour show or something. It was crazy. Really? Uh, I was writing so much about how I hated that main event. Yeah. Um, but that, but that, that does wrap bit... up this news for this weekend. Unless y'all have anything else left to add. Okay, so now we'll get onto the questions and topics that you sent in. Um, there's several ways you can do this. You can tweet us at rh underscore world. You can go on our Facebook page, facebook.com slash rh world. Or you can go on our lovely forum, rhworld.com slash forum. Thank you for that. Um, the first few we've got on Facebook, Stephen asks, who do you think will be Steve's next... questions into yourself? <laughs> <laughs> Not me. We'll be, uh, who do you think will be Steve's next challenger? Do you think that Lethal could face Steve at the 11th anniversary show? Lethal, yeah, it's going to be Lethal, isn't it? I think it must be Lethal, yeah. Um, the 11th anniversary? I think they'll build a little more to Lethal. Yeah, I think it'll take a bit longer to... I think it might be Super Card of Honor is when Lethal gets his shot. When is that? Eight? Is it April? I believe that. Yeah, yeah. I, yeah I, think that, I think that's long enough. I think they will take a few months just to get Steen to the point where he has to de- demand a match with Lethal. Or... They need that I, mean, I don't know who, who else could he face at the eleventh anniversary because if that's in March, there's still plenty of time. And this has sort of been going since October, since that show in New Jersey. So I don't know how they could drag it on much longer. With I mean, who could Steen face in the meantime? You could do like a tag match, maybe. No, we don't want another tag match at an anniversary show. The anniversary show this year is in Chicago. And we know who's the big deal in Chicago. Mr. Colt Cabana can make his Ring of Honor return. Uh, I would love I that. that very... I would love that. No, that's not going to happen. Make I it happen, it... Wizard Man. I, I wouldn't actually be against that. I'm not a massive Cabana fan, but... I wouldn't mind seeing him back because he'd just be a bit different to what we've got at the moment. Especially, especially with the way he was involved in the original, yeah, Steen Carino feud as well. I think that's true. Yeah, that would, yeah, I suppose it would work. But I think, if mm. anything, if the Prince Nana and Idy Evans match showed us anything, it's that Ring of Honor just aren't willing to go down the whole comedy route, and I think that's exactly why Cabana was, you know, let go because. I don't know, they just seem very against the whole comedy thing, but I think when it's done well, it can definitely uh, add to the show. And with Ring of Honor always being so serious, I think it just gives everyone a bit of a, a break and just, but, you know, what do I know? I think, I think if you brought in Cabana, um, I don't know what his stance is. I think he's doing comedy matches now because he wants to sort of take it easy on his body. I think if he agreed to do one, one crazy match with Kevin Steen at the 11th anniversary show, it could really be a, a good dynamic in terms of, you know, having the, you know, the storyline is that they're trying to bring in outsiders to beat Steen for the title because they're desperate, which I think is a silly storyline. But anyway, <laughs> Tim Jim Connett said, we got no one. We got no guys. Yeah. There's no talent here. No one on the so, roster. If so no, Lethal hasn't him. lost for five years, we're not going to give him a shot. Yeah. 
So if you bring in Cabana, it could be really cool, uh, you know, doing Steen versus Ring of Honor's old school. And there's only one flag bearer of Ring of Honor who isn't signed to WWE right now from that era, and that's Colt Cabana. So, I mean, the meaning yeah, Chicago as well, that would really tie in well. So That'd be really cool, yeah. Yeah, that should happen. We're, we're, so, we're so good. <laughs> we're great. Um, but then we get another one. Um, Stuart said, I think it will be Lethal versus Steen at Best in the World 13. Um, I think that's maybe too far away. Too far away. Yeah. <laughs> it's either not, it's either yeah. way too soon or way too long. Because I, I mean, mean at, at this point, there's no. I mean, Lethal is going to have to win the title next. Because there's no, there's nobody else who is in a position to win it, is there? Mm. So yeah. I don't know. Um, Ken says, "What do you think of Kevin Steen changing his changing his slogan from Kill Steen Kill to Fight Steen Fight?" In honour of the Sandy Hook victims, I didn't know that happened. But... No, yeah, yeah he's think... changed his Twitter name, and he's not making that selling that uh, Kilstein Kill shirt anymore either. I think that um, that was pretty tasteful on his part, actually. Yeah, nice, yeah, nice, really cl- nice, classy, classy yeah. thing to do. Uh, I agree. I didn't know that happened, but yeah. Um, Macklin says, uh, "I think the Ladder War was a squash match designed to once again get Steen over as a heel by beating up the Ultimate Babyface and Generico." And once again, uh, he got cheered. I don't um, agree with that. It was designed to make him a heel because I think going forward that Lethal's going to be the heel in this storyline. I don't understand. That's another reason yeah, why it's going to it's going to be awkward, isn't it? Because they they they're trying. I mean, I think from their point of view, they consider Steen as a heel. But they're booking Lethal as a heel now. I mean, it's about yeah. Nigel McGuinness. Oh, it's 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 confusing, isn't it? But I'm sure they know what's going on. Well, I think Ring of Honor feels like they're being revolutionary in terms of blurring the lines between baby faces and heels. And what they're really doing is being stupid. <laughs> yeah, there's, there's, there's blurring the lines and then there's just it not making sense. there's going sense. Russo on everybody. Yeah. <laughs> oh, God. Well, when you were talking earlier about Mondo being an obnoxious New Yorker, I was thinking maybe um, Russo could come in and be his manager. <laughs> they're both obnoxious New Yorkers. Ugh. Um... Macklin continues, especially after helping Generico up after the match. Did that happen? Macklin sent me a picture to where off the air, after the pay-per-view ended, that apparently happened. Hmm. Well, the pay-per-view ended, so maybe it was just like a, you know, just yeah. for the crowd thing. Mm. It's time for RH to give up and accept that no matter what, the fans aren't turning on the RH champion this time around. By the way, Steen and Generico are tagging now in PWG. Yes, they are. But I think they're doing like a reluctant tag team. Haven't they done that before in PWG? Yes, they did it at uh, the second night of Bola, and they're doing it again for DDT4 uh, in January. And I'm pretty sure they'll lose in the first round. Yeah. Um, A little note here from Ken as well, John. The other week you asked if Ken was... Ken smells good from the forum. Ken says, John, yes, I'm Ken smells good from the forums. I typically smell like whatever cheap Axe body spray or deodorant combination my wife picks up when she goes to Walmart. I'll tell her to grab vanilla next time she's out. Thank you. Tell your wife she's a wonderful woman. <laughs> um, we've got a few now from the forum. Uh, DX versus NWO 1994 asks, I have a question in regards to the Briscoes. How do you see their eighth title reign playing out? Will it be a several-month reign like this year, or will we see a repeat of the fifth-year festival where the Briscoes won the titles but lost them in their first defense, especially since they have tough title defenses coming up against CNC and the Wolves? I don't think they'll lose at the first defense, but I can't see them being champions for too long. 
they'll they'll lose it to the Wolves, maybe at Supercard of Honor or, or around that. You know, once the Wolves have dealt with Team Man Fishing, then they'll be the next champions, I think. Mm, I think, like you said, you know, I think Team Man Fishing will get involved during the Briscoe's Wolves title match, and then the Wolves will have to sort of dispose of them and then come back and sort of demand another title match as their first one sort of got. Uh, you know, taking out their hands, and then they'll probably win the belts that way. But yeah, I can't see the Briscoes being champions for too long. What do you say? <laughs> Another quick question: Which match that's been announced for the Deer, Dearborn slash Milwaukee double shot uh, so far are you looking forward to the most? I gotta say, Jacobs and Adam Cole. Wolves and the Briscoes. I'm pretty yeah, sure Wolves and Briscoes should be really good. But I sort of know that we're not going to get a definitive finish from that match, so it sort of takes away from it a little bit. But. I think that Matt Hardy appearing is probably the, the highlight, to be honest. Oh, obviously. Bit of matitude, that's all we all need. Um, I wonder what, what's the match. I kind of want the world to end now. Sure. <laughs> <laughs> we now have this week's troll questions uh, from Marcus. If you. If you if of course I have the song ready. Don't have to ask if I've got the song. Um, Hearts of Truth, your thoughts. Yes, 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 yes. I don't, I mean, how could they do this logically? What would be the reason? You don't, you don't have to have a logical reason. Just have Charlie Haas and Truth Martini walk through the curtain one time and just be like, yeah, we're the Hearts of Truth. Deal with yeah, it. Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah, this is a thing now. And then, okay, awesome. That's <laughs> the only explanation you need. Oh, it's got to happen. Yeah, the Hearts of Truth. Maybe Haas will open yeah. Camp Haas as well. Camp pass, yeah. Um, <laughs> your thoughts on the revelation that Caleb Seltzer is in fact Kevin Kelly's son? What do you think of the nepotism going on in ROH? First, Eddie Edwards' his brother Patrick writes embarrassing articles for the company. <laughs> 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 now Kevin Kelly gets his son a job and changes his last name to cover it up. Also, when Caleb was conceived, do you think Kevin said soaring and scoring? <laughs> <laughs> Uh, they My just favorite to... part of Caleb Seltzer's commentary at Final Battle was, I can't remember who it did, was, did a dive to the outside early in the show. And he goes, don't you have a phrase for that? And Kevin Kelly's like, not for this wrestler, I don't. <laughs> I don't remember that. You should have just said, lethal injection. <laughs> um, <laughs> Michael also asks, what, <laughs> what did you think of Tony Kazuna's poor performance in The Hobbit? <laughs> <laughs> um, I've not seen The Hobbit, so I can't comment. But I'm sure I he was there. Uh... Very controversial right now. Oh dear! I'll, I'll censor it out. Do we need bad. some sort of like warning signs? No, like go ahead. I'm, oh. I can bleep it if it's too bad. I hate The Lord of the Rings. Oh, I, I am not a huge. Me too. Fan. I don't get it. Oh really? I said it to one of my friends, and I haven't talked to them in a month now because of it. <laughs> Yeah, I, uh, I don't I, get I, it. I, those movies are too long. I, I haven't read different. books on them. Yeah, the uh, books are like a thousand pages. How are you supposed to read a book that's got a thousand pages in? Come on. Yeah. I don't see the point in reading the book when there's a movie out with about the book. I, I watched a bit of, I think it was the first movie, I watched about 15 minutes and I was just so confused so I gave up. To be fair, I enjoyed that. Do we the, have any I more read... questions before uh, we talk about books for ages? <laughs> um, yeah, we have a you uh can you say this asks two questions number one what are your top three favorite rh theme songs well rest is great before they ruined it 
I love Kevin Steen's theme song. I Kevin yeah. Steen. I like Strong's as well. Roderick Strong, Davies, Eddies, they're all quite good. That's not a top three. I'm just shouting oh, names out. But I think my number one, though, without doubt, is Muck Duck Money. Oh, the Muck Duck Money. Prince Nana. There are some, considering that they, you know, they don't use proper licensed tracks or anything. They're just sort of, I don't know, if, is this the right term? Indie bands, I'm guessing, sort of. Yeah, I suppose. Um, they do have some, yeah, they do have some, some songs that stick out, but then there's some that are just extremely generic. And that... I don't think there's many that are sort of terrible. What What is the worst Ring of Iron theme song, you think? The worst? I mean, does Elgin even have a theme? I mean, there's some... Yeah, you know, his new he... one's like really... Yeah, his he's new one's sort of really generic. And... I think, I think like, you could summarise a worst theme as like when you can't remember it. It's just that bland... I would rather have one I can't remember than have to listen to Mike Bennett's again. I hate his songs oh, so no. much. Oh, I, I like Bennett's. I like Bennett's That's the best thing Not about me. it. <laughs> <laughs> I can't think of any. They all sound so generic to me. I think I think the Elgin one is probably the one the worst, just because it doesn't... It's just noise. It's just sort of boring. What about oh, what, what, how can we talk about awful themes but not mention this is Mondo? That's awesome. Oh, yeah. He, he, ah, that's awesome. I'm sorry. That's so bad. It's awesome. I think. Yeah, it's just it's so it's so cringeworthy. It's quite good. That's basically Mondo all over. <laughs> yes, and this is not like the bravados where they come out every every time with a new song because they've been away for so long. <laughs> um, can you say this second question is? Do you think at the rate Steen is going, he could beat Nigel and Brian Danielson's record for most title defences for the RH World title? Because I think he might, depend on what he we put through from January to the iPay-per-view, then if he retains there. Um, he has defended the title quite a lot, especially compared to other recent champions. Compared to Davey, I mean, he must have doubled the amount of times that Davey defended it, surely. I can give you some stats if you'd like. He is, currently, he is currently defended it 13 times. Um, the most number of defences is uh, 38 with no, Nigel, no Nigel and Brian. No, he's not going to. Uh, it's because they ran that. so many shows back then. That... Mm. I mean, Austin Aries is 16, so he might top Aries, perhaps. But yeah, uh, I, I, I can't think... see him get into the, you know, the 38. Mark. I can't see that ever being beaten, to be honest. No. Um... Not unless that, you know, they start doing. You know, the Young Bucks said when they were first signed, they were promised, what was it, two shows every weekend or something. So unless they start doing that with a title shot every single time, like do we redo, then uh, no, I don't think that record will be broken for a while. No. Um, Steenmark23 asks, what three new fresh matchups do you want RH to book in 2013? I believe we already said one earlier, and Eddie Edwards and Bobby Fish. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I'd like, I'd like to see Richards and O'Reilly as well. I think those two matches are both going to be really good. Have they not done that before? They have. It was oh, the yeah, strong style match. Oh yeah, but I don't think they've actually done it like since they've been feuding. Have no, they? Like, since O'Reilly turned into sort of mega okay. douchebag mode. <laughs> yeah. I'd also no. like to see Adam Cole and Bobby Fish wrestle. Adam mm. Cole. I suppose that could be good. Yeah. I mean, it couldn't. It's kind of match that doesn't scream anything but it couldn't not be good that's exactly what, yeah that's how i feel it, it they're two wrestlers who are very good so there's no way they couldn't have anything but a very good match what about while steam waits for lethal to get angry what about steam defending against prince nana 
I knew it was going to be stupid as soon as you started speaking. He's not stupid. <laughs> I know him that well now. Did you not well see Prince Dan a suicide dive? Did you not see it? He's going to say something silly. I just know did you it. not see that? I did see it. It was very good. Um, I believe that's all we've had in this way. I don't think we've had any on Twitter, which is unlike our followers. You've let us down. Well, you sure know, it's, it's the holiday season that they're... They're resting. Can't be bothered sending in silly questions to us. But uh, it's probably good that they didn't because we've gone way over time here. Um, so thank you to Stephen, John, and Des for joining me. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you to John. Are you going to say thank you or not? Uh, yeah, I, I was waiting for them to say thank you. So we can all talk at once. <laughs> then it kind of got awkward. So I didn't say anything. <laughs> um, thank you to everyone for listening. We do hope you enjoyed the show. And uh, we do hope you all have a nice Christmas or whatever you celebrate this time of year. Um, I don't don't you always say happy holidays in America? You say so happy maybe, ho- we say Merry Christmas and happy holidays. Maybe yeah. I'll say yeah, happy holidays. So I don't offend anyone, but um, yeah, Kwanzaa. thank you to all of you who have been listening to the show for the whole year. We do hope you've. Uh, oh, I'm surprised that anyone's managed to do that. This yeah, you deserve a medal to be honest. We appreciate everybody that's part of the ROH Cast Force. We do, and to to show our how much we uh, appreciate you. We have a, a special Christmas song that we will play to close this show and end uh, 2012 with our cast. So we'll be back the first week of the new year, 2013, and we'll give out our uh, year-end awards then. So tune in then. But for now, Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas. <laughs> you smell that? Oh, but the hell that hospital smell? Better sweet. Delicate little mouth suitable for pounding. We wish you a merry Christmas. 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 Get the power bomb onto the, the back of his knee. <laughs> back of his knee. <laughs> Why is he raping Maria on his way to TV talk show? <laughs> <laughs> what is going on? Was, I got like the craziest echo ever. This is the most dark thing ever. <laughs> <laughs> I had like 45 seconds to come up with what you're going to say. <laughs> oh my god. witch Podcast. Did I say that wrong? <laughs> 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 it, it, it's ROH cast. Yeah. ROH cast. I'd rather watch men do it than women do it. Ben and Dave wants to know, what are your thoughts on Mabel? <laughs> <laughs> oh, we can't have this. We can't have that. <laughs> <laughs> And talk about some uh, topics with you. Oh my god! He died too big, he's here! What? My friend, is this Todd Chanclair? It's not Todd. Who is this? Who, which Todd is this? I don't know if it's Todd Sinclair or if it's someone else of that nature.
I noticed. I, I noticed you know a lot of things, all right? You should be an FBI investigator or something. Hello, everyone. I'm Harry. Oh, my God, what the hell am I doing? <laughs> <laughs> I had a stroke or something. <laughs> Osteoporosis. <laughs> what? <laughs> oh god, this is dreadful. We haven't even got 10. Come on, there's 40 seconds of gone. Uh, I think Hasmosis is a medical term. Hasmosis? What the hell? These are dreadful, John. <laughs> I, I wish they'd bring back Muhammad Hasmosis. Joe, you got 10 seconds. Uh, Hasta la vista. <laughs> <laughs> Animal is a hostage. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god. That's it, John. That's it.